You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Arma Energy, presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, and Just One Helmets. I am your host, Brad Gebhart, and with us on the line is none other than Davey Coombs. Davey, we are only days away from the finale of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA National Series. Uh, one championship's already crowned, the other a two-point battle. Um... First of all, congratulations on putting together an amazing series so far, and uh, one round left to go. Uh, lots of excitement. Well, thanks, Brad. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the, the kind words. A um, whole bunch of people uh, work on this series between, uh, obviously, MX Sports Pro Racing and uh, the folks at NBC Ally Sports and uh, all the sponsors. And, you know, I, I, I just thank the riders and fans for having faith in us and, uh, yeah, it's been a, a wonderful year so far, and coming down to the wire in the 250 class. Absolutely. Uh, a, a year that's had many different storylines with uh, coming right out of the gate with uh, Kenny having some issues with his back and then having some strong motos throughout the season. And uh, Dungey, of course, having some some issues with the bike early on, but then nailing that thing down. Barsha came in and won some races, uh, as well as the 250 class has been up and down all year long. Uh, you see some different teams emerging as, as uh, real contenders. Last year, we saw uh, the the star racing team basically uh, come out and just dominate. And then this year, we had the, the KTM guys doing, doing well as well. Um, what has been your biggest surprise so far? Uh, anything that's kind of caught you off guard? Um, well, you know, uh, I would have to say uh, I, I was a little surprised that Ken Roxon uh, didn't do better on the, the RCH Suzuki. But I, like you said, he, he started out with a back injury. And because of that, I think he was always sort of behind it. And uh, that, that kind of goes all the way back to, uh, I guess the, the Oakland Supercross when he, he misfired on that jump and came up short, and I, he's just kind of struggled ever since. Uh, he, he said he had some good races, but uh, I, I really expected him to be better uh, than he was on the KTM. And, you know, it was kind of the reason for switching, but um, maybe we'll see the best of Kenny next year. I know he's going to have a back uh, operation coming up here in the next few weeks, and uh, I, I hope he gets it all sorted out. Um, beyond that, uh, I expected, uh, Martin and Muskan to be the guys in the 250 class along with Cooper Webb, but Cooper got hurt. Uh, but, but, but what's been exciting for me is, you know, the fact that Marvin is always really consistent and that's why he's in this. But when Jeremy Martin has a bad day, he has a really bad day. And, and as a result, we have, uh, you know, five wins but he's only got the two-point lead which is uh you know pretty astonishing uh so yeah it's been it's been fun to watch I, I i have to say that his first moto in utah last week was honestly one of the best efforts i've ever seen in a motocross race i, I was blown away by where how and how many 
people he was passing uh, as he came back from that first turn crash. And if he wins this championship, I think you can draw the wreck line to that moto where he, he salvaged it for sure. Definitely, and he might have to uh, line the pockets of uh, of one R.J. Hampshire for uh, tipping over in that last <laughs> corner. Uh, I think, I think point... he's got a he's got a lot of people to thank. I think you could thank uh, anyone on a Yamaha out there who uh, kind of put up, I think, what you could call the Matador defense, where they just kind of let him by. Um, but hey, it, it happens, and I'm not sure how you uh, how you officiate against that or, or, or tell someone they can't help a teammate out, but. Um, that's part of the racing. Well, teams have def- definitely uh, uh, made it a little bit more inconspicuous since the days of Let Brock by. Um, but uh, it was it was fairly obvious to see that the the Yamaha guys were, uh, like you said, uh, laying out the red carpet for the kid to uh, gain as many positions as possible. And of course, everyone that's on blue uh, or yellow in some cases uh, w- wants to see uh, the, the, those guys up front. Um, any 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 hints at uh, possibly uh, the number five uh, bouncing down? A uh, uh, bit of a throwback to uh, two thousand and one when uh, RC did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I would I would personally love to see that. But yes, I, I I don't know that Roger DeCoster rolls that way though. I I, I think Red Bull KTM uh, they had a couple guys and obviously Justin Hill got hurt. And by the way, I was standing there when he crashed and mangled his finger uh that was the second sickest thing i saw this year uh only jeffrey hurling's uh blown out pinky was worse than uh what i saw justin hill holding there when the asterisk mobile medics got to him so there's no way hill's going to be out there but i i still don't see roger you know giving an order and and and, and telling dungey to drop down I, I think that uh i think this is in marvin's hands and uh you know he does really well at this track uh, but then again, we've only raced this track once and it was really muddy. So I guess jury would be out. Um, but I, I, I don't see anyone blocking or doing anything untoward, uh, to the number 25 bike that I do anticipate that Martin will, uh, have a up there when it comes to, if he gets a bad start or goes down or something, um, I, I think in the end, you know, either guy, whoever wins is a worthy champion. But yeah, you, know, you referenced the, the let Brock by days. Um, ironically, I just sent an email to Jim Giannassis, uh, who famously took that photo of Brock Glover back in 1977 when, um, or rather Bob Hanna in 77 yeah. when Keith McCarty put out the sign that said let Brock by. And, uh, on Thursday, we'll have a feature up about that moment with those photos on Racer X Online, courtesy of uh, Jimmy the Greek Giannassis. So I'm pretty excited about uh, getting that out there. But yeah, it's definitely more inconspicuous than that was. Uh, I don't think anyone will ever put out a board like that again. But, um, you know, the irony is that, you know, almost, what, 40 years later, uh, Keith McCarty is going into the AMA Motorcycle Hall of Fame. Uh, and Yamaha's, you know, one, two, three, as far as Team USA goes. And uh, here we are back with the, the same sort of drama of uh, team tactics. 100%. And uh, as far as um, Cooper Webb's role in all of this, I'm fairly certain he's uh, more concerned with uh, the anger that he has to throw at uh, Marvin than, uh, than any um, dealings he wants to uh, help out his... Uh, I wouldn't say uh, they're, they're all overly friendly over there in the... Uh, 
the tie loop truck. So, uh, but he definitely seems like he's got a, a bone to pick with uh, the twenty five. Well, you know, I, I think that Cooper is a, a Bob Hanna-like uh, figure in that uh, it's cool if he likes you, but it's really bad if he hates you. And uh, he he didn't have an enemy in Cooper Webb until, uh, I, I don't know, I guess this weekend. I, I, I didn't get to see it all. Um, but uh, Cooper, you know, uh, had some things to say down the starting gate. He obviously got under Marvin's skin a little bit. Um, you know, I... I, I I was so busy, honestly, Brad. I didn't get to follow all of the drama, um, but uh, I will be watching very closely this weekend. I probably won't have to water the track in Indiana uh, like I did in Utah. Uh, we were a little understaffed out there, but um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm not sure when they went sideways, but Cooper Webb and Marvin Musgan are not friends right now. I think it all dates back to uh, Washougal when uh, there was some cross-jumping going on. It seems like the last three weeks that uh, the two of them have been uh, butting heads, but that's what's to be expected when you've got two riders that uh, similar speed and uh, very different styles on the bikes, and uh, you've got a, a 25-year-old who's very established. He feels like he he like he kind of owns the track a little bit, is going to take his space, and you've got a young up-and-comer with a bit of a chip on his shoulder uh, ready to... Uh, establish himself and uh, um, just uh, establish a little bit of dominance and say, hey, uh, this is this is most likely a good chance at my championship here next year. So uh, I'm making a statement now. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I was at Loretta Lynn and missed Washougal. Okay. And uh, I tried as hard as I could to, to watch it uh, as it was airing uh, on Mad TV and NBC Sports, but uh, I, I didn't get to see all that go down. But um, yeah, you're right. Cooper Cooper has a chip on his shoulder. Marvin, you know, sort of demands respect as a former world champion and, and the, the elder statesman out there. But, you know, the, the interesting thing is that we're talking about those two guys and there's no one talking about Jeremy Martin, which I think no. is the way – that's the way Jeremy uh, prefers it. And, um, you know, I, I think that, that if, he, if he just goes into this round relaxed, and, and lets his riding, you know, do the talking. I, I think that, that, that he'll be fine. I think Marvin's the one that has uh, uh, the much more obscure path. And, you know, what's incredible is that Muskin was the points leader after the first moto last week. And I, I remember thinking, huh, I wonder if he wears the red plate in the second moto. And, uh, he, you know, we, we don't do it that way. It's only after the race. And right. uh, by, the time, by the time the day was over, Jeremy had it back. So, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm really thankful that uh, it goes down to the wire. I don't care who wins. I I think the world of of both Marvin and Jeremy Martin, and I've known the Martin family forever, and I've known Marvin since he was a Honda privateer in Europe. So, um, you know, either of those guys, like I said, are, are real deserving champions. Definitely, and and definitely as one of the cogs in that. Uh promotional uh, team that puts together the AMA Nationals or the Lucas Oil promo across AMA Nationals. Uh, you've got to be grinning ear to ear uh, knowing that uh, at least one of the championships has come down to the wire so close like this. Like uh, There's many years where we've gone into the last round. Both uh, both championships sewn up. Uh, reminds me of 2003 when uh, Grant Langston and uh, Ryan Hughes went head-to-head -head, uh, in another race where... Uh, uh, Langston kind of had the Jeremy Martin role and not a whole lot of uh, talk about him as uh, Hughes and Brown went head-to-head. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you know, the irony is I am going to be driving by Kenworthy's Motocross Park in the Little Miami River here in about two hours, uh, which is uh, how that championship ended. Uh, you know, Rhino, who I'm very, very good friends with, uh, uh, never got a chance to, to really go at it in the last moto or the last race because the, the Kenworthy's race got rained out twice. And, um, you know, I obviously, you know, work with Grant Langston every weekend and known Mike Brown forever. And that was one of my favorite years because, uh, far and away, the fastest guy was James Stewart, but, you know, he, he, he didn't make the, the, the first four races cause that big crash in Vegas. And, um, I'll, I'll never forget the, you know, the takeaway from that year, not the flood, not Langston winning, not Rhino riding with a broken leg, not Brownie getting hurt. But Bud's that Creek. was the year. That was the year that Stewart uncorked the 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 scrub at Bud's Creek when the track ran backwards, and and uh, he passed thirty eight guys in the first four laps of the second one twenty five moto, and it truly blew my mind. And uh, if you'd have told me then that all these years later uh, we're only talking about you know three or four total championships for Stewart in motocross, I I never would have believed it. And um, uh, I don't think he's done yet. I think he'll be back. But, um, yeah, it, it, uh, 2003 was a pretty special year. And, and the other thing about that was, you know, Ricky Carmichael never needed the last round in any championship as far as motocross goes. And I, I always like to point at that as the most unbreakable of records in motocross. You know, Jeremy's got his 72 wins. Ricky's got his 150 overall wins. But the fact that Carmichael clinched 10 straight AMA motocross titles all before the last round is the most remarkable record, I think, in existence in, in motorsports. Um, and, and no one's ever going to do that because you'd, you'd have to literally go from Loretta Lynn's as a 16 or 17-year-old and win 10 straight championships and all before the last round. And you know, that that's why you know it's been a long time since we had drama like this because for the longest time Jeremy or rather Ricky you know held reign in in motocross and Jeremy held reign in supercross and we just didn't get a lot of good title battles so it's nice to finally have one. Hey, this is Jared Steinke, and we're going to commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us.
Applebee's Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard and more. Check out EKSBrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722.
Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Bill'sPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Totally. It's, it's, it's exciting to see. And, uh, no matter how it shakes down, it'll be good racing. Uh, uh, one could only hope for a scenario that could, that unfolded last weekend, Sunday, uh, um, at the last 450 moto, 10, 10, uh, 10 points separating the first and second uh, place riders, Colton Fasciati and uh, Matt Gerke going into the last moto. And in the second corner, they both went down. Yeah, I, I just saw that. I was uh, I was looking at, I don't know if it was in direct motocross or uh, uh, vital, vital, but uh, Gerke reached over and hit his kill button. That looks to be what happened. Um, it's, he's got a ten-point gap, and uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe in a an, uh, a moment of uh, unclarity, just like I'm going to do everything I can to to make sure that uh, this championship's mine. Uh, he might have hit the wrong red button uh, at at, at, the, at that time, but uh, yeah. crazy to think of. Yeah, well, Gerke, Gerke's no uh, that he's no Michael Lessie. I'm sure that. Uh, that was the heat of the moment thing, just as, just as it was with the Lessie ten years ago. You know, I, I know Mike still cringes when people bring that up, but uh, yeah, you know, when when you've got a title on the line, you know, whether it's a, a Canadian title, a motocross title, supercross title, uh, you know, you you can get yourself in a panic situation uh, pretty quickly, and and God knows I've seen. Uh, lots of kids, uh, and boys and girls at Loretta Lens just go into full meltdown mode when something happened in the last moto and they couldn't get their bike started or ran off the track or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it happens at every level in this sport, obviously. Well, of course, such a, a sport with so much passion based around it. You have uh, racers who uh, spend their entire lives, whether it be uh, qualifying for Loretta's or trying to win an uh, AMA uh, motocross title, their uh, their their hopes and dreams rely on it. Uh, they all lie on it, and it's uh, what when the the chips are down, uh, you'll do just about anything for that plastic trophy, or in your guys's case, a a beautiful. Uh, steel trophy um, yeah we, we we don't we don't do the plastic trophy thing anymore that that uh, you <laughs> you may not uh, have known this but i remember uh, one year i went to kevin windham's house and uh, he had the worst trophy i'd ever seen in my life and it was for finishing second at a national here which event will remain unnamed because they'd be mortified <laughs> but i got so bummed out about it and this is before we even took over the series um, I, I said, here's, here's what we're going to do. 
whoever comes up with the coolest, whoever comes up with the coolest trophy, we are going to give them a free full page ad in Racer X for anything they want to advertise, like their their annual schedule, their national, their whatever. And as a result, we kind of got into an arms race down here with everyone trying to outdo each other. And I we've never had better trophies than than, than what we've had this year. But uh, yeah, we we used to give out plastic pieces of uh, junk sometimes. Uh, those days, thank goodness, are well behind us. But um, hey, I, I guess a bunch of Canadians are coming down this weekend for uh, the Iron Man. I know that yeah. uh, uh, JSR told me that uh, they'd have a team down and a few other guys. So that should be uh, add another wrinkle as well. Absolutely. Uh, three-time national champion, Colton Fossey, I'll be down. Uh, the two-stroke hero himself, Kevin Benoit. And uh, I believe uh, Tyler Medaglia will be making uh, the trip down as well. So uh, uh, some of the Canadian heavy hitters hoping to uh, get it into the motos, make some uh, make some noise uh, for the like for any Canadian fans to head down to Ironman, a race that uh, I know uh, last year got uh, a fair bit of rain. Looks like a lot better uh, this year. Um, and uh, it, it seems seems like it'll be a great finale for the race. Maybe even get Mike Brown out there, who I know has quite a few laps there. Yeah, uh, he does, but those laps are uh, in the woods. That's uh, true. <laughs> the, um, uh, I don't know that we've done many races out here uh, this year. We did the regional last year, but um, the GNCC, uh, um, I don't know how much of the motocross track they, they actually use, Brad. But, but either way, yeah, it, we'll, we'll roll out the red carpet for uh, uh, the, the Canadian riders, and hopefully they'll acquit themselves well. And uh, I can't wait to see a dry race in Indiana because I, I truly think that this is going to be one of the, the, the gems of uh, American motocross moving forward. Uh, the track is, uh, has uh, some similarities to Red Bud, a little bit to Spring Creek, and uh, even a little bit to uh, the old Steel City track. I, I think people are really going to like it. Uh, but last year was a mud fest, and there was just no way around that. For sure, and we've had our fair bit of mud this year. We've had just about everything. We have the, the hot heat. We've had um, the the torrential downpours. Of course, you you, you were able to uh, skip that by not being in uh, Washougal. Um, what are the intricacies of, of hosting a national that uh, when the, the skies open up, uh, does it change how you uh, promote throughout the day, or like you change your schedule? Uh, what the, what things change for you? Well, in, in the in the case of Bud's Creek, we we literally had a severe weather system that that led us to make the call to shut the race down for uh, about two hours. Uh, it's no one ever wants to cancel uh, an event, which is what happened back in 2003. We were talking about Kenworthy's, uh, but you also don't want to have a bunch of people out in the elements if, a, if, a, if an obvious severe storm is coming. Um, you know, uh, the, ironically, the track that got hit by weather the hardest, in my opinion, was Muddy Creek in Tennessee, not because of rain, but because, you know, for a week leading up to that Saturday in June, they were talking about literally a 100% chance of rain. And, and, uh, there, you know, there's tornadoes and this and that, and you know what, nothing happened. Uh, yet I guarantee you about a third of the crowd that we would have had stayed home because they thought it was going to be a mud bath. And it did rain in some of the communities around Muddy Creek, but, uh, that's a case where, uh, the mud 
was a factor, even though it didn't actually rain. Um, as far as as far as heat goes, we've been really lucky. Um, the hottest race I've been to this year was Loretta Lens. Uh, anyone who's listening that was there on Tuesday, that that first day of racing, knows what I'm talking about. And uh, that was that was as brutal as any pro national I've ever uh, been through. Uh, you know, you, you you hate it to be so hot that it becomes uh, you know tough not only on the riders but the crew and the spectators. And uh, you know. Uh, seems like the world's getting hotter and hotter. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to address that more, uh, the next time it gets that hot, but, uh, I think we'll be okay this weekend. Well, no doubt. Uh, I was speaking with uh, Todd DeHoop just yesterday afternoon, and he remarked that there is absolutely no way to prepare for the heat of Hurricane Mills. It'll, uh, <laughs> it'll punch you in the face. Uh, and it's, there's, there's nothing you can, you can do to come back from you. Just deal with it and realize that everyone's dealing with the same thing. Yeah, well, you know, Todd came back for the first time in 25 years, and, and he rode really well. But he rode the last moto on that Tuesday, and uh, he he did look like someone punched him in the face. Uh, I, I he he came back to race. His daughters had never got to see him ride, and uh, they made a big family trip out of it. And I know they had a ball, but uh, you know, he found out the same thing that Sebastian Tortelli found out. And that is that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from. There is somebody that you've never heard of that is better than you, and they will be at Loretta Lynn's. And in, uh, in, the, in the case of Tortelli, it was Ricky Renner, uh, you know, yeah. uh, the, the younger of the Renner boys. And uh, in, in the case of Todd DeHoop, it was his old buddy, John Gruy, and yeah. uh, some of those guys in the plus 45 class. But I know Todd had a ball, and he's actually going to come back and race this weekend in, in, the, uh, in the Legends race that we're doing. Uh, and I also got confirmation, fingers crossed, um, that, that, that we're going to be able to live stream it as part of the morning package. Yes. Um, either way, we'll be filming it and show it, uh, after the race, but hopefully at 1230, we will be live online and, and people will be able to watch Ricky and Wyndham and, uh, Jeff Stanton and DeHoop and Gruy and even Guy Cooper and Robbie Raynard and Timmy Fair. It should be, it should be a whole lot of fun. Absolutely, and not to mention, uh, I believe Tommy Hoffmaster on a one twenty, uh, two fifty two stroke. Yeah, he doesn't have a chance, by the way. But yeah, that's awesome. That of course not. <laughs> Speaking I've of not having a, a chance, I, yeah, I've been on a text thread with uh, with Ricky and Stanton and Fro, and and uh, they're the trash talking they're doing. I wish I could share it, but uh, I know they're doing it in jest. But it, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty funny to. To see that you know, twenty years later, there's still some lingering uh, rivalries and, and and animosity sometimes between these guys, and it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely, it looks like it'll be a fun race. Those guys will be throwing down some lap times and uh, just showing how they make it look easy. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of competitiveness on there, but of course, while we're all racers, we put the helmet on, and I'm sure there'll be a couple of hard laps before these guys realize uh, what are we doing out here. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know that in the case of Ricky, uh, that heart still beats really yes, strongly and competitively. I know that Kevin still rides a lot. Uh, I know that Jeff Stanton is in the best shape he's ever been in, even years after he retired. Um, and Fro gets to ride a lot. And Tim Ferry, you know, works with a lot of athletes, including RJ Hampshire. So uh, I, I think that uh, those guys are going to not look retired, that's for sure. But uh, I know they're going about it to have fun, and I'm just really glad that uh, we're able to squeeze it into the event in Indiana, and 
should be a lot of fun. And the the 17's coming back, Davey. The 17, Robbie. Yeah, Robbie. The Robbie, I get to see him every year at Loretta Lynn's, and uh, uh, he'll be good too uh, for sure. But um, I, I I can't even pick who would be my favorite to win this thing. But I learned the hard way: never bet against Carmichael. It's just the way he rolls. It, it, oh, for it, sure. It, when he was a kid, if he couldn't beat you, he'd pick his bike up and throw it at you. And uh, I doubt that you know, even all these years after retirement, that he's going to want Kevin Windham or Timmy Ferry to beat him. It's just he 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 just doesn't work that way. No, I, when I saw that Ricky Carmichael was was signed up for this thing, I said. There's no way Ricky signs up for anything on two wheels that he doesn't think he can win or doesn't know he can win. So uh, yeah. I would, I would, I would slate him atop the podium. But uh, the rest of the guys will uh, have fun duking it out for the rest of the positions in the top five. Yeah, well, my my dark horse though for the podium is Jason Thomas. He he works with us obviously at Racer X. Uh, yeah. He's still Pulp in great so shape. He, he still rides a lot. You know, whether he's in Florida. Uh, with Chad Reed and those guys, or if he's out in Idaho at Fly Racing, um, he could sneak up there and get a podium, and that would be pretty cool for him. For sure, especially with that company that uh, he spent uh, the bulk of uh, 15 years chasing. I think he spent all 15 years chasing yes, those you're, guys. You're, well, they, <laughs> at one point, they started chasing him when they'd come back around the other way. <laughs> Um, before I let you go, I wanted to bring up uh, one of the, the hot topics that has been brought up to, during the Canadian Nationals, and uh, that's uh, the, none other than the, the Stank Dog, Jared, Jared Stanky, on the uh, the 726, 125cc two-stroke, uh, literally rode the Millville National with a stock motorcycle with with cutout numbers that he, uh, or like cutout backgrounds that he bought from Michael's. Um have you had some communication with this kid? Just seems like a guy that loves moto. No, we 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 have him in the nearest to the magazine, along with Cody Crack, who uh, who finished thirteenth in a moto on the two fifty uh, against the four fifties. And uh, I I just think it's great that he's out doing it. You know, he, that kid rides hard to the very end of every race. He was launching some of the jumps uh, in Utah that no one else was doing, and it was it was it was pretty cool to watch. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think he, 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 he does it because he loves it and, uh, uh, he just doesn't ride a 250F. Uh, if you're asking why we don't use 252 strokes against 254 strokes like you do in Canada, uh, it's, it's because, um, the OEMs and the marketing people here in America, uh, they prefer to race against bikes that they actually sell. And totally. Yeah. Well, it'd be real easy to say, Oh, what the hell? Let's try it. Uh, I don't want to risk alienating uh, all of the OEMs the way they did in AMA Superbike Racing or the way they did in Dirt Track Racing, uh, which have minimal factory participation now. And in, in, uh, in AMA Supercross and AMA Motocross, we have a, a, a very uh, good rapport with the OEMs. We, we know what they want out of our rules, and, and the FIM is the same way. Uh, in Canada, I think you can get away with it because you don't have – the Blackfoot on the team anymore. And you don't have a Kawasaki and Billy Whitley's team out there. And, uh, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's kind of a run what you're bringing thing. And that's awesome. But we're, and we're the fact not that Yamaha and KTM are two of the most prominent brands here up in Canada, as far as support goes. So as far as the, the majority of the support, those two companies, uh, don't squawk too much. 
Yeah, well, the, the, the point is that, you know, we would be cutting the playing field in half. And anyone who doesn't believe that, I'm, like I said, just refer to AMA Superbike Racing when they started uh, fooling around with the rules to see uh, the, the terrible effect that it had. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if something changes in the future and we can add a third class, hey, fantastic. But right now we're just going to stick with what we have because it seems to be working pretty well. And I know that people will argue, well, it's better for the privateers if they can race two strokes because those bikes are less expensive. That's true if that privateer rides a KTM or a Yamaha. Right. All the, all the other ones, it would just make the playing field even more uneven. And I also know for a fact that there are two teams in the pits that would literally show up this weekend on 250 two-strokes uh, across the board uh, if we change that rule because they know what an advantage it still is. And, uh, well, for sure. I did, in the right I, hands, a 252-stroke, uh, walk away from a 250F. Yeah, and, and uh, that's, that's, you know, we have an even playing field here uh, predicated on you know, all the OEMs being able to participate. And uh, we, we, we prefer it that way. But Loretta Lens and GNCC are local AMA races where there's not that direct factory uh, involvement. Uh, we, we have the same kind of open displacement racing, and uh, it's, it's good. It's, it's fun to watch, but uh, it just doesn't, it's not going to translate well here because then it would have to translate well in Supercross, and there's just no way that's ever going to happen. Fair enough. Now, before uh, that, you gave me thirty minutes, and it's almost thirty minutes on the button. Uh, before I let you go, uh, prediction time for this weekend. Uh, other than some great racing, uh, I'd love for you to uh, throw give me a podium for both the two fifties and the uh, and the four fifties. Well, I I I have a policy, Brad. I I, I never do that because it always gets <laughs> me in trouble. So I'm going to say Fair that enough. my podium my podium will be Carmichael, Wyndham, and Jason Thomas. Perfect. That's not too bad at all. I hope, and I hope all three of those guys enjoy themselves at the uh, the, the post race party. I believe uh, you guys are hosting uh, quite the shindig. I wish I could be there, uh, but uh, it'll have to be next year. Uh, just make sure that uh, if Don Schneider wants uh, wants in there, uh, he'll have to uh, apply for a completely different pass. All right, uh, I will keep an eye on the front gate. No problem. Awesome. Well, you have yourself a great rest of your day. Enjoy race prep. Enjoy the whole weekend. And uh, on behalf of myself and everyone over at Big MX Radio, congratulations to you and everyone over at uh, MX Sports. You guys do motocross industry a huge, a huge service by uh, hosting uh, this uh, this homage of motocross that we love so much. Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Uh, let's let's chat again this fall. Absolutely. You take care. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.